Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hi, it's Dan from Desert Island Dicks. This episode features Jordan and William from the Help I Sexted My Boss podcast. During the recording, we had torrential storms, internet malfunctions, and an incessant car alarm all do their best to interrupt us. But we prevailed, and I managed to edit out the bits with the car alarm at least, so that's something. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, and you'll get every episode delivered straight to your phone or whatever you listen on. Anyway, thank you. And now, here's Desert Island Dicks with Help I Sexted My Boss. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guests and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today from the Help I Sexted My Boss podcast, etiquette expert William Hansen and radio DJ Jordan North. How are you doing? Hey! Hello Dan, we're very well, thank you. Thank you for joining me today. How are you both doing? I just asked you that. I'll start again. <laughs> it's for... Um, for the listeners, I've just had a very hectic changeover with my wife because I'm recording this in my kitchen. Mm. She's just done an online uh, cooking class. And what was she cooking? She's cooking sea bass with some polenta chips oh. and, a, oh. and a nice sort of uh, sauce, I think. Well, she won't be allowed on my desert island, or our desert island. <laughs> we'll come on to that later. <laughs> okay. As to why. But it's, it explains slightly why I'm a bit flustered because I've been sort of putting my son to bed. She's done a quick changeover and now I'm, I'm recording in a very hot kitchen. Such mm. are the unprecedented times, Dan. Such are the... <laughs> Oh, God, if I hear that one more time, I'm going to scream. I know. I don't know when the uh, cut-off for that phrase is. I mean... Oh, it was, it was in March. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was like two weeks into lockdown. <laughs> Now, um, guys, because obviously there's two of you, we're going to change it up slightly. So uh, between between you, you've got three people and then you've each got a choice for each of the other categories. And uh, we'll see if, I don't know, maybe one of you will present it more eloquently than the other. We'll see if, if one beats the other. <laughs> That'll be me. <laughs> so, or I might just be generous and let you put everything in, but we'll see. I mean, um, William, as an etiquette expert, mm. what's the etiquette about slagging people off on a podcast? Well, it's 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 not really on, um, <laughs> and I've had to really bring myself. I mean, all the other categories are fine because they are they are inanimate objects, but um, for the people thing, I really had to to scrape the the barrel of my loathing for uh people which and i genuinely actually i don't it's a very interesting exercise this because there's no there's not many people that i that really boil my blood mm. uh there are a couple and, and we will get to them but it, i could count them all on one hand yeah i i'd say i i'd say the same i'm that guy that is probably a bit too nice and you know when people say oh you're too nice and I know that's a bit of a cliche, but yeah, there's not many people that boil my piss either. So it was a struggle for me. It was a really hard struggle for me. It's like the the odd people that I come up with, I was like, oh, I can't really say that. 
like oh, mm. I still know them I still see them every day so <laughs> <laughs> and the thing for me is, is working on the radio this was another thing I was like oh this could be awkward if you end up interviewing them one day or they end up on mm. your show so you've got to, you've got to yes. t- keep quiet um, what's the word uh, when the, what the BBC are oh meant to impartial. impartial impartial that's the word yeah mm. got to be quite impartial but I have got a good one and I'm going to go for it so let's just dive straight in um, who's going to be our first choice for the island well I'll, I'll go I'll go first uh, I'm going to put and I, I won't say his name but I will put my former PE teacher <laughs> from school on the uh, on the podcast. Not being a media person, I, th- I, th- I thought it was unfair to say his name. And also, if I said it, it, it brings me out in convulsions. <laughs> but this this will not come as a surprise to you, Dan, but I'm not the most sporty. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's a trait I've carried from childhood. And I felt that PE and games at school... It was a little bit of a waste of my time. Mm. And I managed... In fact, actually, that's why I started to teach etiquette. I wasn't doing um, sports and they, they needed to do something with me. So they, they asked me to teach the young years how to set a table. And from there, uh, from that small acorn... <laughs> William, uh, was that kid in, my... so William was that kid in school who used to get a letter from his mum saying he can't do PE today because he's on his period. So what was that? <laughs> no, I, I can remember forging a few letters. Uh, I didn't get, ever get my parents to write the letter, but I, I was very good at forging letters. The, um, but no, my, my PE teacher just wouldn't. He wants... Actually, the worst incidents with this PE teacher happened not actually in PE. It was when we were... He was covering uh, a lesson. He was... Some tutor had uh, dropped out last minute, so he was covering it, and I raised my hand, and I must have been 13... And I needed to to excuse myself to freshen up. And I said, please, may I use the lavatory? And in front of the entire class, he laughed at me for saying lavatory and not toilet. And age... I mean, I've got no issue with that. And I I will say lavatory to my dying day now. But he... The the way it made me feel. And I thought, as someone who has... They're going to exert... um, You know, you're in charge of shaping... Uh, our future lives I thought it was a pretty nasty thing to do so after that all his sports notices used to put up around the school were riddled with grammatical errors so I (laughs) developed this very passive aggressive technique of writing a little poem about his grammar which I then stuck underneath each of the sports notices and I can't remember all of it but it went something like I hate to be impertinent it's really not my style your apostrophes are missing and have been for a while so soon you'll see that grammar's really easy, da 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 I can't remember the rest of it. Um, I don't know if he ever knew it was me, but I felt that I was getting my own back. I mean, a lot of PE teachers probably can't read that well, so, I mean, you might have got away with it on that no. front. Yes, and, and I did... Actually, I did another podcast at school, um, and this it makes me sound like I'm about four, but this was podcast when they first, first started, and uh, we did little skits about the, the teachers with some friends, and... Uh, I can remember we uh, we did one about him, and we'll call him Mr. Smith for the benefit of this. And we said uh, something like, you know, uh, the the P department has a has a reputation for uh, being fairly literate, but that's slightly unfair because actually Mr. Smith has just finished his first book, <laughs> and I can't quite remember the punchline, but uh, <laughs> the implication was that he had just finished uh, reading it, not writing it. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're, they're a sort of a universally hated group, I think. I think most people, even even the ones that like sport, had issues with PE mm. teachers, because it, it must have... I'm generalising here, but it does seem to attract a certain type of person, doesn't it? Or not? Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan. no, I would agree with that. You see, like you said, I was very sporty. I actually did GCSE PE, so I loved PE. But I've still got my nickname now because of PE. Right. From the, my PE teacher, so... Um, I was in a class once and I went to a school in Preston and long story cut short, I'm a Burnley fan. So Preston were doing really well and they were in the playoffs that year and there was a a, a notice that went round saying in PE this week to support Preston North End, you can wear your Preston kit uh, in PE. And I turned up in my Burnley kit thinking it was a bit of a laugh. This this PE teacher had a total sense of humour failure and he sent me out and I won't go. I was like, no, I, I'm in my football kit. Everyone else is. He went, get out now, dingle. And that's what <laughs> Preston fans call Burnley fans, dingles. And I'm still... Why? Why? They f- because like, they think, you know, like the dingles off Emmerdale. No. Well, they think no. we're a... I'll take they your think we're a bit, <laughs> they, they think we're a bit scruffy like them. So um, <laughs> I think that's where it comes from. Anyway, I'm not too sure. Thank God you go against the grain. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. So uh, even now at weddings and stuff, or when I go back home, I'll see someone at the shop. They'll be like, all right, Dingle, I've not seen you for ages. It's like, I ain't Dingle. Or... So yeah, I agree with you there. That they are a certain uh, breed PE teachers. Did you like your PE teacher, Dan, or not? No, I hated them. I mean, think, I, mean okay. I had a few over the years, but... Um, yeah, I just remember the one in particular just being this really angry little terrier of a man. Yeah. And um and he always just had like piercing eyes. Just he just looked furious at life, you know. <laughs> and at our school for some reason they they always had to they te- taught another subject as well. So they always had to have like an additional subject which they were always really bad at. Oh. And it was mm. pretty much always maths or geography for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. That, they seem to be just, the easier one. I don't know. I don't want to like piss off any. Well, geography is just just colouring in. <laughs> I think maybe at that level, maybe those two are slightly easier for them. Or like, if you're a maths teacher but you don't know about maths, you can look up the answers quite easily. So maybe that's good for them. Yes. But I remember one of them uh, saying to me, I was mucking around once, and he sort of said, "Do you know what, Benedictus? One day you're going to take something seriously, and you're going to really surprise yourself." I'm like, "You're a PE teacher, mate. Like, <laughs> come on, like, tell tell me about taking life seriously." Did either of you have to do the bleep test? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm. Oh, yeah. Do, do you know what, as well with PE teachers, I think, you know, when you forgot your kit and you had to go in that scruffy, stinking mm. box, you know, so you had to, like, the, the, the supply box and you'd end up doing PE in, like, a crop top and the girl's shorts and a flipper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think they secretly got a kick out of that because if you think about it, there was... There was Loads of people left PE kits. There was enough T-shirts or shorts in there to supply you. Did, did you ever have to do that, William, where you forgot your kit? You well, we, at my the, school, we had a school shop. So if you forgot anything, you just went into the shop and bought. Of <laughs> course you did. Of course you Well, we didn't at <laughs> our school. We had a lost property box in the attic. We had a, a small kit. concession of John Lewis attached to our school. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think with PE teachers though, there was always the sense that they weren't even that good at their sports. Like if you were challenged, if they challenged themselves, 
you know, against people their own mm. level, they'd be quite bad. Like, I remember one sports day, they had a teacher's race, and the PE teachers weren't very good. You know, like, I mean, there's no reason a PE teacher should be faster than an English teacher, for example, but it seemed to make, make a lot of difference to how you saw them. Like, you're just, like, unfit and out of shape as the rest of us. Yes. And also, as well, if you imagine a PE teacher on a desert island, they would be so annoying. They'd be up at the crack of dawn making you do mm. stretches. Doing the bleep test. classes. Yeah, they'd have you up doing, like, make, making sure you got your 10,000 steps in and all. No, we're on a desert island. We've just had a plane crash. Let's yeah. just chill. Stop. And they'd be really dick. sweaty and red because of all the polyester they're wearing. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's an excellent <laughs> first choice. So PE teacher, should we should we extend it out? Should we just put everyone's PE teachers on the island? Yes, that's fine. They can just just be a big PE teacher conference. <laughs> but especially yours. Yours can be yeah. the head of the pack, William. So uh, your PE teacher yes. leads leads With them onto the island. Sloppy punctuation. <laughs> I was going to say no, but then I once seen my PE teacher uh, a few years ago in uh, WH Smith, and I said hi to him. And he didn't recognise me and couldn't remember me uh, from school. So, yeah, let's put him on. Very offended <laughs> Fair enough. by that. Uh, Jordan, who will be your first choice? Uh, like I said, I've been thinking about this and it's like, would I ever come across this person? Probably, yeah. I used to work at the same station that this person now works at. But I would have to say Robbie Savage. <laughs> okay. Now, can you just, for the... Okay. I only know Robbie Savage from about 10 years ago when he was on Strictly Come Dancing. Who well, that's the, that's the same Robbie Savage. A very close second would be Chris mm-hmm. Sutton. Now, they're both football pundits, to, and they've both got one thing in common why I don't like them, is they're both ex-Blackburn Rovers players. And uh, I would mention Chris Sutton, but to be fair to him, no one's ever heard of him, <laughs> so they won't know who I'm on about. Whereas Robbie Savage, people know who he is. Now, William, mm. uh, they are football pundits, like what I've said, but they are both... Equally very negative about Burnley when they're talking about us. Well, you can't hold that again. You've been, loads of people will be on the island. It, it, it's not just that. It's it, He's not a great pundit either. It's all about him. If you listen to 606, the show's all about him. And he belittles callers. He don't even let callers get the word in edgeways. As soon as they come on, he attacks them. It's like, hang on. Let them, let them have the say. And sometimes the callers speak more sense than him, but he won't have it. He has to play devil's advocate for playing sake of devil's advocate. Hey, just listening to him, you're like, oh, shut up, Savage. Can I say, Jordan, you talking about this, uh, obviously, Jordan and I are, incre- even though on paper we don't sound it, we are incredibly close friends. You've gone very, very blokey and even more northern when you talk about football, and I've never really oh, heard it. <laughs> <laughs> now, me and William have been friends for how many years, William? 412. <laughs> A very long time, and we've we just we've just never talked football. I don't know if you're into football, Dan. I don't know if it's your thing. Not particularly, although because I, I grew up in Leicester, and my brother's a massive Leicester fan. So when he lived at home, we used to go yeah. to matches together, and that was in the era when Robbie Savage used to play for Leicester. Well, this is another thing as well. He wasn't even that good of a player. He was all right. He he played in the Premier League, but he was av- mm. average at best. But for me as well is. He was a dirty player, which I never liked. And also, he used to go down too easy. And there's a very famous scene, and I forget the match. I think he was playing for Leicester. It might have been Blackburn. Um, he, he pretended a, head, a player headbutted him, and he held his hands and went down to the floor. And f- that, for me, then, mm. I never liked him. 
And I remember Burnley were playing Blackburn, and I am not in any way, shape, or form um, condoning this. Mm-hmm. Is that the right word? I'm not saying. Yeah, I don't know. Complete um, sentence. Okay, so uh, and I'm not, but Savage was giving it the big I am all game, right? And he was getting in players' ears. It's what he did. You know, he was he was sticking his tongue out, winding other players up, and he was winding the fans up. Now, where I'm from in East Lancashire, a very working class town, if you do that, people are going to end up doing something to you so a fan actually jumped on the pitch and squared <laughs> up to him right. and again I'm not condoning it I really am he absolutely shit himself oh he shit it. he's been giving it the big I am all game and he shit it the, he, I've never seen a man so scared in all my life again I'm not condoning it but <laughs> but I think there's something I mean if you're going to be a hard man on the pitch or just even a dirty player you can't also be sort of, you know, falling down at the faintest glimmer of a foul. Do you know what I mean? You can't have it both ways. Like, if you're going to be a hard man and fight dirty, you've got to take the knocks as well. Surely that seems fair. Exactly. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. And I another thing about football pundits is I, I feel very sorry for them. It's, it's not an easy job because um, they, they get a lot of trolls on Twitter because the worst sort of trolls are the football trolls. Those stupid idiot football lads that have a footballer as their picture. So if you're a football pundit, I reckon it's one of the mm. worst jobs to have for tr- Twitter trolls. It's like magnified. Um, I mean, I get a bit of stick on Twitter, but so I get it's not an easy job, but it's not hard. It's not, you know, say what you see. Don't don't try and wind people up just to get, just for crack. I mean, I had a soft spot for him for a very short period because when I was about 14, I played pool next to him in a pool hall and that was very exciting because in Leicester, you never saw anyone famous except for maybe a Leicester player. So that was, but then years later, I only ever heard bad things about him. And also, I mean, not knowing anything about football, I have to go to this area to, to criticise him. Terrible, terrible dress sense. Like lime green jackets and like zebra print oh. shoes and whatever. Another thing is as well is if you was on an island with him, this is this is his hair. He's obviously spends a lot of time on his hair, so you'd have to be perming it, be bleaching it. He'd, he'd, he'd be obsessed. You'd be like, Robbie, come on, we're, <laughs> we're trying to build a, a a hut here. Stop pissing about with your hair. Come on. I, I think there'd be a lot of that as well. Yeah. And I think anyone who's been famous and pampered and not have to really do anything that hard for since they were very young is going to be difficult to spend time with. And that's footballers, isn't it? So, you know, they've been looked after and led from place to place without any big decisions having to be made themselves. Now, that is true, but I think that's kind of changing a bit, you know. Um, I, I do think that, and they have been pampered, but obviously everything that's come out with, with Rashford this week as well mm. and with... Uh, Jordan Henderson getting all the players, uh, the captain of Liverpool getting all the players to come together and like donate money during the COVID crisis. And I've been lucky enough to meet a couple of players that play for Burnley now. And I always had that image that they were like that. But they're not. They're, they're all. They're all been pretty sound. But yeah, I do think he was very much from that era. Yeah, that have been pampered. Definitely. Can I ask you what was he like when you met him? William, are you, William, are you still with us, William? <laughs> Slips into a coma. <laughs> to be honest, my, my anecdote is terrible. I literally just played Paul next to him. I didn't get to meet him. I met Neil Lennon once and he was very nice indeed, but I don't think yeah. we plucked up the courage to go and speak to Robbie Savage for some reason. For what it's worth, I, I, and this is pure, it's not personal, it's professional as a former player that played for a team that we don't like. 
for what it's worth, I know a few people that have worked with him and they've all got nice things to okay. say about him. But do you know what? Robbie Savage teaming up with a PE teacher on the island, <laughs> that's not a, that's going to be awkward for everyone, it's isn't it? It's not a winning combination. No. It, it's, it would, I yeah. mean, they're going to gang up on the rest of you. And I mean, Jordan, you said you're sporty, but William, it's not looking good for you right now. No, it's not. I mean, I will, I will in Robbie Savage's defence, he did do a nice passadoble on Strictly, so... He could maybe he could maybe reenact that for a bit of sort of after dinner entertainment. A nice one. That's a doble. Isn't that a meal? No, it's the one with the cape. Oh, on the underlay, underlay. No, that's. I mean, it's 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 the the whole um, Spanish. Yeah, it's it's there to represent the the bullfight, but obviously oh. just with two humans. Didn't he win Strictly? No, no. I think oh. off the top of my head, he was voted out when they either did their Blackpool or Wembley as they were doing that year show. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Right, so who's going to be our third choice then now? Well, this is a joint choice uh-huh. uh, that we both have, and it's it's a type of person, and I suppose anyone who who qualifies this, maybe we can find the, the head of this uh, type of person. But both Jordan and I absolutely detest inverted snobs. Okay. I mean, detest is a strong word. Oh, no, we detest. <laughs> <laughs> We've had conversations about this Inverted you say, you said to me today you think our very first conversation was about, that we ever had ten years ago was about this topic. I do. When we when we we met, uh, basically we met. I was a T boy at a radio station that William was even back then when we were twenty one years old, claiming to be the UK's leading etiquette expert. <laughs> so I showed him to the studio. I met him a cup of tea. He didn't drink it because it was in a mug, um, and and we thought we'd never meet again. And then during the twenty twelve Olympics. My mate was having, my housemate at the time was having a, an Olympic party and she said, I've got a friend coming tonight. Um, how many times have we told this story? <laughs> she said, I've got a friend coming tonight. He's, uh, he's very posh. Um, you won't get on, but don't be rude. I was like, yeah, okay. And apparently she said to William, my housemate's a bit rough around edges. He's from Burnley. Um, you won't get on, but don't be rude. And we just hit it off straight away. Mm. Uh, and I thought he was one of the funniest people I've ever met. And I... Hence why I love doing the podcast with him. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the first conversations we had, William, wasn't yeah. it? It's, it's, I, I, it, it's, such a, it's such a contradiction or it's, it's such hypocrisy that you can't... People are allowed to... It, or it's, it's verboten for someone from a purportedly privileged, comfortable background to be snide or to make a comedy reference about someone who has not come from that background and that is called snobbery but but it's okay somehow in our society if someone who is not from a, a typically privileged background makes some jibe up at the privileged person because oh well they're privileged so they yeah but they... that's funny isn't it well it's not funny no you, you <laughs> oi, listen you've chosen this as well you don't like this either and it's it's like you either we either all are allowed to do it and we sort of develop a thicker skin or we don't do it here's my take on it right this my take on it is and this is the conversation with William I've never heard anyone say to me and I'll be honest I've never heard anyone go oh why'd you bother hanging around with him he's Right, northern and working class. However, on the other hand, a few friends have said to me, why'd you bother with him? He's all right, posh get, or he's all right, stuck up, know-it-all, that kind of thing. So mm. I, I, 
in in is that inverted snobbery, William? Well, that that's them uh, not getting to to know me or whoever they were referencing, um, and similarly them not and whoever said it about you. And it's it's just it's just. It, it, in this sort of world where we're supposed to be fairly idealistic and equal, it, it is a startling... And maybe I am more susceptible to this because I supposedly come from a privileged background and people are... What do you mean, supposedly? And I have. <laughs> There's no supposing about it. Even it goes, back to, it goes back to the PE teacher. You can laugh at someone for saying lavatory, but if I fell about laughing because someone said toilet, that... that or I Lou. Can't, I can't, no, Lou is fine, but you, I, can't, I can't laugh at someone for saying toilet... But you, or you, bug. you can or bog. Yes, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> or shitter. Yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but you can, you can. It's absolutely fine to to fall into hysterics if someone says lavatory, which is the correct word for it anyway. Yeah, we're in this sort of weird place, isn't it? Where there's lots of uh, I don't know uh, campaigns and things about you know trying to sort of be better people and trying to sort of mm. be accepting and which is tolerant marvelous. of everyone, which is great. But at the same time, we have programmes where it's like, if you want to laugh at this group of people, you've got this programme, but like, you know, let's say like, um, the only way is Essex. So you've got Made in Chelsea if you want to laugh at this. So there's loads of things we're going, let's all be tolerant and inclusive, but oh, do you want to laugh at the posh people or the less posh people? Do you want to laugh at them for like being vulgar or for being posh and vulgar? You know, it's like, mm. it's, it's this kind of horrible thing. And actually, I think, yeah, it's not, not healthy for any of us. No. So, what p- describe an inverted snob for us, William? If they were on our desert, sorry, Dan, I'm doing your job. Sorry, man. <laughs> it's quite all right. Idiot. It's fine by me. What would an inverted snob be? What what sort of person would they? Well, someone who who does make jokes. So, okay, I'm going to say there are all sorts of inverted types of inverted snobbery, but the one I'm particularly uh, anti is is those that that will take the mick out of people that are posh in inverted commas. Yeah. See, for me, it's. Like, I know people that probably wouldn't like William or make effort with William because he is, inverted commas, posh. And I'm like, that's not very nice, just because he's from a well pick He would never turn round. I didn't choose what family I was born into, and neither did you, so I don't see why people choose to then use that to attack them. Things like Um, clothes that I would choose what to wear, where you choose to live, what food you choose to eat. Fine, all fair game, because that is a conscious choice. But the the whose womb you popped out of, none of us had any say in that. But yet some people see... I'm getting very cross about this. See the need to... Um, in order to hide, maybe to, to mask an insecurity of their own, to take the mick. I'm sure many people would disagree with that, but okay. Well, well you, do, you it... don't choose whose womb you come out of. And I think you know you get posh people who are nice and posh people who are dicks, and the yeah. same the other way around, don't you? I mean, it, yeah. it's sort of how you how you act within that. So uh, I think it I think it's a very fair choice. But controversially here, hmm. I would say you would get, and maybe this is just a reflection of people I am friends with rather than posh people in general, I think you would find more posh or privileged people who are nicer downwards than people that are nicer upwards. Interesting. That's my take. Feels like a hot potato. (laughs) I don't know if we've got time to... To get to the bottom of it on this podcast, but... No. (laughs) Feels like quite a big statement. But I don't know, I mean... I'm going to say I'm fairly in the middle myself, so uh, I'm going to sit on the fence quite comfortably here. How BBC. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> Jordan's going to have to fill out a compliance form, having done this. <laughs> Probably will. 
Okay, well, um, we'll move on from your people. Um, but I think, actually, I mean, the idea of Robbie Savage, an inverted snob and a PE teacher is going to make for quite an interesting combination. So I think you've done very well there, both of you. They'd, all three of them would probably get on quite well, I reckon. Yes, they've all got something in common. Yeah. Mm. Um, now, mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? And for this, we're going to have a choice each. We'll see if we can... Um, decide if one is worse than the other but let's see how we go um jordan do you want to start for me it would be onion in particular raw onion i've only just in adult life got used to who eats raw onion i'd let me finish i've only just and actually someone did someone text in to my show this weekend saying they ate raw onion like an apple but onions like i hate it i used to hate it when my mum would make something and it'd have loads of onions in she used to say and she used to not put stuff in with mm. onions but as I've got older I've realised that you do need onions in a chilli or, or a curry but it's it's in particular the raw onion that people put on salads that put on sandwiches like I just think it's the worst food it makes your breath stink why would you raw onion no if there was just loads of raw onions I'd probably I'd, I'd rather eat my own shite to be honest <laughs> it's a weird one isn't it because it's basically the bedrock of most hot dinners isn't it but yes but at the same time and it's quite innocuous when it's in everything but at the same time like you know you go back to the sauce and raw it's yeah it's so overpowering it's weird that it can just disappear into a meal like that and like i said it's only over the past couple of years that i've started putting onions in my recipe so now if it'll say put two onions in i'll do half <laughs> so hang Fair on enough. you can say so you can have cooked onions but it's just the raw state of onion yeah and as long as and they have to be cut up really tiny so i can't see them and so like the yeah i don't like i don't like onions i don't like onions on a burger i think it why would you put onions on a burger when well, yeah, someone gives you a barbecue and they put the cheese on put gherkins on oh, and no. they put onions on and lettuce you're like no take your onions off Tomato, a nice big slice of tomato, yes, but onion. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I had I used to have a flatmate who grew up in a house. His mum hated garlic and onions, so every time he cooked food, he was a decent cook, but everything was a little bit off, and then you'd remember that there was never any garlic or onion in anything. Uh, see, that's how I make up for it, Dan. I put extra garlic in. Because they seem <laughs> like quite close bedfellows in a way, you know, so to like one and not the other seems quite quite curious yeah especially jordan's just said one of his problems with onions is that it makes your breath smell but then you you double up on the garlic yeah that's true and the thing is sometimes when i've doubled up on garlic the worst thing people talk about it makes your breath smell if you're in gym it makes you sweat you can smell garlic on your sweat i probably make... reek of it i think i have it in everything <laughs> <laughs> much, so. no, you do you, you can have it there's no vampires coming there us Dan yeah fair enough and I think yeah obviously on a desert island with if you've only got raw onions for sustenance that's going to be I mean that's horrendous isn't it basically mm. and let's say it's like a big golden onion you know the really strong ones as well um William what's your pick well I was going to pick fish mm-hmm. and that's why I turned my nose up at your wife Seabass <laughs> however I think probably I could, I could find a way to, to like fish. And obviously being on a desert island, there's probably going to be quite a lot of fish at our disposal mm. um, that we would be able to catch. So instead, I have chosen the pudding eaten mess. Eaten mess. But, which uh, I cannot stand. Do you like really? it? Well, I, I think, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I like most. I mean, I, I could eat raw onions quite happily as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that fussy. So this is always the bit of the podcast I have to play devil's advocate. But I mean... 
you know, it's jam, meringue, cream, yeah. fruit. No, it's it's the cream and the meringue. Uh, it's not so much the strawberries or the raspberries or whatever you put in it and, and the jam. That bit's fine. It, and why I don't like it is because every year when we grew up, it was my brother's, and I think it still is, favourite pudding, and my mother would make it for him, especially on his birthday. So I would spend each year dreading the 1st of November because I have, <laughs> I have so, such so a sweet... so selfish. No, I have such a sweet tooth and I love a pudding... And I just, I just couldn't. And I would try each year. I would try it, thinking, "No, oh, I'll like it this year. This would be nice." And my mother's an exceptionally good cook, so there's nothing wrong with her recipe. It just is all that cream and all that meringue. Ugh. Could you eat the components separately? Then it's just. I mean, could you have a meringue with cream in the middle? No, you see, no. I do, I'm not massively f- fond of meringues, and I don't like cream-based puddings. Okay, but and also, do you think it's something to do with the sort of the the sort of softness of the cream against the dryness of the meringue some people have a bit of a, a funny turn when two things like that mix don't they yeah no i, I and, and also from a presentational point of view i mean it's it's, it's a dropped pavlova as we, we all know the story behind the eaten mess suppose so would you have a pavol pavlola pavlova would you have pavlova would, would you eat that or would that be a nightmare so well? what, what putting again it, the lines just dropped you stop being a pavlova <laughs> um no, not really. I mean, obviously, look. If I came, if I came to someone's house and they put it in front of me, I would sit there politely and eat it and say, "Gosh, how delicious! It's lovely." But um, inside, I would be, I'd be doing somersaults. I think again. I mean, it's, it's to me, it's a delicious pudding. But again, if you're on the island and that's all you've got for sustenance, I mean, it's more palatable than a raw onion. But something <laughs> that sweet and claggy for that amount of time over yes, and, and over again. I presume is this island in in a in the Caribbean? Yeah, I've always imagined you know your traditional hot palm tree coconut sort of desert island rather than a kind of rugged cold rock. Yeah, so I don't think you want to be eating heavy cream-based puddings. I think that's no. that's not that's not conducive. Actually onions and things that are quite light and water-based yeah. are quite a good idea. <laughs> and the sugar's going to attract the flies, of course. Yes, of course, actually. And th- oh, Jordan North is back. Yeah, for the listeners, Jordan had just cut out due to uh, internet problems, presumably, but he's he's coming back in the room. Yeah, he's put he's put some money in the meter, and his Wi-Fi is back on. <laughs> Almost. We hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. Oh, there you are. Sorry, I'm here. Sorry. I do feel like it's a slight symbol of. Um, privilege in that other people if they dropped a pavlova would be in a lot of trouble but the boy eating who dropped it they're like oh look well done you've invented a new dessert hurrah <laughs> i totally agree if that was someone else at salford sunderland uni where i went they'd be like oh well you've cocked that up eaten yeah eat oh, it's an eaten mess bloody chuck it on and we'll sell it and now that person's probably a millionaire and because they're clever they've got a trademark on it or something i don't know i no 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 <laughs> they have they haven't <laughs> well i don't know because it, i think it was quite some time ago probably predating patent law <laughs> oh was i thought it was like the 70s or something when, no when no it was very popular i mean meringue based puddings were very popular in the 70s but no i think it predates that Oh, okay, fair enough. Okay, well, I mean, I think you've both made very good cases. I think if I was to pick one thing to exclusively eat on a desert island, I'd say that onions are probably the worst choice. Um, So I'm I'm going to go with Jordan's on on, uh, this occasion. But um, what would your drink be? What would you wash those down with? William? What uh, what my my least favourite drink to uh, Mm. to wash that down with would be instant coffee. 
Okay, instant coffee. Yeah, and what what is it about it that you hate so much? Well, it's not coffee. Uh, it's it's absolute <laughs> slops, and I re- really struggle. And I, I when I go around to people's houses, or well, I don't obviously at the moment, but in those heady days where we were allowed to go around to people's houses, and they say, "Oh, do you want a do you want a tea or a coffee?" I'll always say coffee, but I never feel I can actually say coffee but how are you preparing it <laughs> if it's a if it's instant coffee grim i'll sort of take one or two sips and, and then leave it if it's an espresso that's slightly better uh, but it's still not great but if it's done properly in a cafetiere and then there are different degrees of how you do it in a cafetiere or if it's v60 uh, i'm all for it lovely marvelous good cup of coffee i always thought jordan liked the coffee i served but then a few weeks ago on our podcast you then announced actually and i still haven't really picked you up on this that you think that my coffee is weak see again <laughs> i hate this is happening but i have gone a bit since i moved to london i have gone a bit london um and just a bit i can't i can't drink instant coffee now and i hate to say it <laughs> i'm all about the proper filter coffee and oh can you hear that rain it's lashing it down isn't it um it's good job not got me washing up. Um, but yeah, I, I can't stand instant coffee. However, if I was on a desert island, I probably wouldn't mind an, an instant coffee. Why? I could cope with it. I'd, I'd cope without... I wouldn't... Oh, God, I'm so such a London media type now. I couldn't cope without coffee. Yeah. But, I think it's one of those things, um, isn't it? Like, once it's got you in its clutches, that's it, you know. It's, I've, I've read something that apparently the caffeine works in a way that if you've never drunk anything caffeinated it will have less of an effect on you than it would to someone who drinks it every day it's like once the addiction hits that's when it really starts to make a difference people say to me to be worried about getting addicted to coffee and and, and the, the you know my i've heard my father sometimes had a couple of cups of coffee a few years ago per day and then got the shake so he's cut it back to one cup of coffee a day i drink the stuff like it's going out of fashion and it has zero effect on me i am waiting for the day that I am holding the cup and saucer and it drops out my hand because I start I start shaking or having the coffee shakes. <laughs> but to the point, I mean, it's, it's just delicious. And I, I don't really like tea very much, which is a bit of an issue in my job, but I prefer uh, coffee very much. And, and I, I, think, I think actually properly made coffee probably has less of a impact on your health than, than the cheap stuff. I mean... I didn't know that you didn't like tea, but for me, I can't, I, I, I've done the thing where I've not done coffee, and if I don't have a coffee, I get a headache in the morning. Mm. So I, uh, I need to have a coffee, but... Um, yeah, I... Tea, I try not to have it after three o'clock. That's my rule now. See, this is a thing I've been talking about recently with my mum, because she, for my entire life, has been drinking tea, like, basically non-stop throughout the day. But then she keeps complaining to me. She's like, oh, I didn't sleep again well last night. I... I was up till four in the morning and I was like, when do you drink your last cup of tea? She's like, well, sometimes if I can't sleep, I'll get up and I have a cup of tea. And I was like, do you think, mate, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm no doctor, but do you think maybe drinking tea right up to bedtime is maybe, you know, if, you've, if you're an elderly lady and you've got a sort of a weak constitution, do you maybe knock the caffeine on the head? Mm. See, I always, I agree with your mum there. I always have a brew, a, a cup of tea before bed, right. a, a nice milky brew. But then again, I struggle sleeping. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you think it could be yeah, that? I mean, I mean genuinely, yes. <laughs> even if I've had a few drinks, even if I've been on a night out and I'm like hammered, I'll still somehow manage to boil a kettle and take a brew up to bed. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm no Columbo, but I reckon it might be behind the problem. <laughs> Are you joking? I, it actually could, couldn't it? I'm the worst sleeper. I'm a terrible sleeper. Yeah. Well, I might try. Give it that. a go. <laughs> um, but uh, Jordan, what would your worst drink be? Um, it, it's no secret that I love my drink, my alcohol, and I'll pretty much drink anything. And if it's going to be hot, like it will be on this desert, I assume. Um, I, I would like there to be some sort of alcoholic drink, but I just cannot drink cider. Mm. Okay. A, a pint of cider, and I know it's very in at the moment. And you've, I've, I've tried the, the 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 dark fruits, the flavored ciders, but they get very sickly after a bit. I don't know how people can uh, drink them. Those things are basically melted ice lollies, though, aren't they? Like, exactly. Mean- yeah, they are. But like a pint of proper cider. Like Strongbow or, or proper side, like that you get. I, can, I, I can't even sip the stuff. It's like it's like you remember those really sweet and sour lollies that mm. you had when you were younger. Yeah, it's like one of them. I think I'd have to go teetotal. <laughs> I think with with Strongbow. I remember a while ago their advertising campaign. They had this sort of campaign about how refreshing cider was, and they had a group of lads on the beach, just sort of like all bright red and sweating and then they kind of rush to the bar and get a cider and glug it down and the other one in the series was like a guy eating as many cream crackers as at once as he could and then glugging down a pint of cider it's like if if your drink is only palatable when you're at that level of dehydration and thirst and desperation it's not a good drink it rots your teeth as well it's so acidic i think it rots your teeth i I think there's sort of two poles isn't it like one's the really overly sweet sickly one and the other's like you go to the west country on holiday and it takes the enamel off your teeth it's so dry i remember going to devon once and the lady in the local shop was like so i was buying some ciders and she's like oh we've got some local stuff straight from the barrel i'll just fill it up in an old jug for you we're like oh that's nice that sounds good and it was like Oh god, you could barely speak afterwards. And she's like, "Do you like it?" And we're like, "Yeah, it's good." You know, it's horrible. Yeah, I just I couldn't imagine going in the pub of everything you could have in a pub, right? You, you could have a I mean, my favourite pint, a Guinness, a lager. You could even have a whiskey, a gin and tonic. Everything. Why would you choose a pint of cider? I mean, I don't want to be like you. You know, one drink's acceptable and one isn't. But I mean, those really sweet syrupy ones are just—it's like a melted calippo, and I don't think it's acceptable. <laughs> yeah. you know? um, right. Well, I, I mean, the only thing is, if I'm weighing it up between the two drinks, I do think though, on a desert island, a, a cider is probably—I mean—that is probably the point when you're going to need that refreshment more than an instant coffee. So if I was to choose one, although I think they're very fine picks, mm. I'd probably choose the instant coffee to go on the island with you, I think. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I, I don't actually know if I want you to choose Jordan's okay. drink <laughs> because instant coffee I hate, or whether I'm like, OK, well, at least instant coffee, I know what I'm getting. Mm. I mean, at least... Is there a way we could ferment the coffee to get pissed? You know what? I, I'm going to put them both on. Let's, you know, let's put them both on. <laughs> OK. Oh. Yeah, so we can have instant coffee in the morning, get real pissed on cider, and it gives you the worst. I've never, I've never had a cider. You know, I don't do beer, ale, cider, anything so like that. So I'd... we can then, when we're rough as rats in the morning, we can get. No, don't. Well, don't say we that. We can get 
um, instant coffee, it'll just be, oh, it'll be terrible. Plus that and Robbie Savage doing his hair behind me. Oh, I'd go mad. Oh, man. <laughs> also, I seem to, I remember my PE teachers always having really bad coffee breath as well. So, I mean, you're going to sort of imbue them with that quality yes. as well, which no one wants. Mm. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One's your least favourite film of all time, and the other's your least favourite song. What are they and why? And uh, who should we go with? So, William. I have chosen as my film, I have chosen, I, I think it was 2000 and... 11 maybe it came out the uh, adaptation of the musical Les Miserables mm-hmm. starring Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman oh, it's a decent film that it's not I mean <laughs> the barricade what a waste of antiques I, I can remember sitting there watching it thinking well that's that's just a shame that that lovely dresser with cabriole legs has been stuck up and someone's crawling on it firing gunshots at at the aristocracy and the, 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 I mean, I don't like Lame as the stage show, to be perfectly honest, but then seeing it in film and the, the waste of money that that film was was particularly gruelling. Uh, and I really struggled to, to watch it. I can remember watching it with my, my now neighbour. Uh, we went to the, to the cinema together and it, 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 I, it, was, it was the slowest two and a half hours of my life because it is not a quick film. I suppose, actually, if you are stranded on a desert island, you do want something, I suppose maybe that does go on a bit to fill the void of time, mm. but uh, I would get rid of Les Mis. But also the songs are going to get stuck in your head mm. all the time when you're going mad slowly on the island. Yes, you don't want to hear the people sing. Mm. You want Do you think up. it's because they're inverted snobs, they're Les Miserables? Well, they're a bunch of socialists, so, you know, already I don't like them. I thought we weren't doing politics. Uh, they're, they're, look, they're French and dead, it does, it's fine. I went to see it in the cinema, funnily enough, and I, you just reminded me, I fell asleep. We went with our mutual friend, Daryl. Yes. I went to see it, and I fell asleep, but I was on early's at the time. I was of course you went with Daryl. That's so on brand for you and him. Oh, oh here we go. Uh, here we go. The gloves are off. I feel we've touched a nerve We also say, is me and William uh, agree, agree on many things, but disagree on many things as well, uh, politically being one of them. So uh, <laughs> that was a low blow for Mr. Hansen there, but I <laughs> I've seen that film twice since, and I've liked it. I think it's a good film. Mm. It's a good Sunday film. No... Good Sunday film when you. Oh no! I actually haven't seen it because I'm not keen on musicals or sad things uh, or long films. So it's sort of ticking. Oh, it's not for you. <laughs> so, do you want to see this? It's really long and sad, but there's some good songs in it. Like, oh no! Yeah. I tell you, I, I will confess this because I don't think the person that I'm about to name will probably. Well, I, w- I won't incriminate that. But why I don't like Lame is is because my dear brother, my younger brother, was cast as Enjolras, which is one of the, the B characters in a school production. <laughs> Your poor brother, he weren't allowed to have a birthday. Can't be in and, a musical. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, I was, in, I was going to go and watch the school. I had left school. I was going to go and watch the school production, but for whatever reason, at the last minute, I had to work. So then at the, the following Christmas, my mother made me sit and watch the very badly filmed and recorded school production of Les Mis. <laughs> oh. And school productions, even at the type of school I went to, were dire. And <laughs> I was watching a dire performance of a dire show, badly recorded, for two and a half hours for my brother's one song, which is right at the end, on the barricade. And that was my, f- that was my introduction to Les Mis as as a piece of work, whether that's a book, a film, or a stage show, and ever since then, I ca- I hate 
name is with a passion. <laughs> and to, today, on the day of recording, there has been news out that uh, Cameron Mackintosh's theatres are closing until at least 2021, and he has Hamilton, uh, Phantom, Mary Poppins, which is my favourite musical, and Lame is. Lame it, that can stay shut. Okay, when things come back in 2021, that can stay shut. We don't need that back. The others, fine. <laughs> Fair enough. And I think if uh, if it goes on the island with you, you should have to have your brother's version to take with no. you. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's got to be how it, how it goes I, down. I agree. Okay. <laughs> and Jordan, I'll think of him as I eat, eat and mess. <laughs> Jordan, what would be your choice? So I'm a, 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 a film buff, if you if you could say. Well, <laughs> I mean, you watch films. It doesn't mean to say you're a film buff. I got I I love me films. I've got one of those geeky before all this. I've got one of those mm. geeky cinema cards. I used to go. I love going to cinema on my own. It's a perfect escapism. Gets you off your phone for a few hours. So um, and I like to think that I've seen all the. The big films, the greatest films of all time, Lawrence of Arabia, Godfather, um, Stuart Little, <laughs> Gone with the Wind, Gone with Wind, uh, <laughs> as my mum would say, uh, Street Fighter, I've seen them all, but <laughs> there will be blood. I just, I just cannot cope with that film. I've, I, everybody's, all the movie geeks are like, oh, you've got to watch this, and they start doing the impression of the straw. I drink with my straw, whatever it is. Um, and I know it's Daniel Day-Lewis that's in it, isn't he? And mm. I think he's great. I just cannot warm to this film and all the... It just basically, What's it about? I've never, I've never heard of it. It's about a guy who goes digging for oil and he makes loads of money making oil and then he turns into a bit of a, bit of a dick. But it's in the sort of what early nineteenth century. Or, you yeah, know, where people are making yeah. money quickly out of oil. But it's like right at the beginning of it. You know, where sort of there's still lots of untapped oil, and he's the one who's kind of leading the pack. And he's yeah, ruthless, isn't he? Yeah, and that's the thing. And he's and I've and you want to like it because all the big movie geeks like it. But I just mm. no, I can't warm to it. And it's very long, very very long. I think it's about three and a half hours. Is it? It was one of those films I remember everyone going on about, and then I watched it, and I was like, I sort of thought there was going to be more, mm. you know. Mm. And and it is quite depressing. There's no sort of winners in it, you know. It's just one man going mad out of greed, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, it's all right. I don't think I'm going to watch it anytime soon. Well, they're both fine choices. I'm going to sit on the fence with this one. Although, actually, I mean, if I was going to watch one for eternity on a desert island, I think watching Les Miserables by your brother's school performance uh, would, would <laughs> certainly be the worst choice there, I think. Um, what would be uh, the worst song then for you, William? Is this the way to Amarillo? <laughs> Sha la 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 No, stop classic. it, stop it. I'm having to take my headphones out. No. I think, to be fair, even Peter Kay hates this song now. I think he's come out mm. and said he hates it, so. It, there, there's something about its forced cheerfulness and also it's inc- it's incredibly repetitive mm. that that grates and and it, it and obviously peter gay popularized the the stupid sort of um dance that a lot of people i actually saw someone the other day a, a group of people i can't remember what group of people they were but they were obviously people that worked together doing a socially distanced um uh amarillo type parody you think that's that's not a, that's ten years ago. People were doing yeah. that. Don't do that. Find something longer else. than that. Really? It's like, it's like when you still see variations of "Keep Calm and Carry On," and you're like, oh, "Are we still yes. doing this?" Like, 
come on. Well, but have yeah. you have you seen anything else in popular culture you could have used in its place? I mean, come on. Mm. So mm. before all this happened, I'd, I'd do a few DJ gigs, and you'd get a lot of unis, a lot of freshers, and um, I someone told me play Amarillo because eighteen-year-olds when they were like six or seven that song was on and there's like loads of videos of him dancing to him and the mums and dads used to play it for him played it at a freshers gig it kicked off the place were <laughs> bouncing they bloody loved it they loved and yes, I remember I when it come out at the time and I love Peter Kay and I liked the song but I was like going through that stage where I was like no I'm a cool indie kid I don't like this sort of music so I play it all the time now at my gigs <laughs> and they love it it's weird, it had a revival. Yeah. I never thought I'd see that song come back. That's insane. Um, and uh, what would your choice be, Jordan? If, by the way, it sounds like I'm on a desert island, it's absolutely persisting it down here in London at the moment, so you might be able to hear the rain. I've had to come into the kitchen. Well, it's not so, in this uh, part sorry of London. About Jordan, Jordan doesn't actually... When Jordan moved to... When he announced that he was moving down from the northwest to London, he basically moved to... I think it's it's basically Stoke where Jordan lives because it takes him eons so long to get into London because you are so far out I live in Barnet where's that? Enfield Enfield. is that even London? is that Northampton? Yes, it's North London, and name was well ill. Well, the rain was it was pissing down when I started recording this, so it's taken that long to get to you. So, oh, oh where, wow. Dan, Dan <laughs> where, where roughly are you? I'm in South East London. South East London. Okay. Yeah, so it's just got to me. Well, I'm in North, North, North <laughs> London. Um, my song would be Magic and Rude. I don't know if you've heard of this. If you're listening to this now, you probably can't remember it. But it's when I realised that working on the radio and certain songs can make you go mad mm. so um, I think this song came out around about 2014 and it's why you gotta be so rude oh my god yes, yes I know, know that one it's a one hit wonder god. it's a one hit wonder it's called the guy's called Magic or the band and the song's called Rude and when I first started working in radio it was the summer of 2014 I think it was I got my first ever proper radio job it was drive time a commercial radio station and we hammered this mm. song and it's when I realised that commercial radio play like not just commercial radio playlists in general at the moment are too tight there's, there's too formatted and this song was played every other hour for a four hour show for the whole of that summer and I can't I cannot physically even hear it now it drives me crazy and it's a shit song it's a shite song. Awful cod reggae, isn't it? It's yeah. terrible. I mean, I think... Um, Why are you gonna be so... So, yeah, the premise is he's asking... He's singing it to his girlfriend's dad. And he's saying, I'm going to marry your daughter. And he's saying, why you've got to be so rude? Don't you know I'm human too, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to marry her anyway. And you're like, well, that's kind of rude, isn't <laughs> it? If you know, so. But, I, yeah, it's it's like... It's sort of... It manages to try and be upbeat and chirpy, but also whiny at the same time, which is a very difficult thing to pull off. Like Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably why I hate it. Probably reminds me of me, but I just... I remember at the time never liking it. And mm. my boss at the time was like, right, this is a bit insular if you don't work in radio, but you get, like, super A-lists. And basically, they sit loads of people in a room and you play them a song and they go, yeah, I, I like that song. So mm. that means that then your radio boss comes back and says, right, we've sat six people in a room and they said they like this song, so we're going to absolutely hammer it for the next six months. I've been in radio meetings like that and my comeback has always been, 
Yeah, but these are the only people that have volunteered to come and do research you. for you. So there's not a Thank fair... You. you know what I mean? What about all the taxi drivers and builders out there who just want normal music? And like, If you're that keen that you're going to turn up in the middle of the day to a radio like mm. uh, listening panel just because you think it's exciting, you're not an average listener. Couldn't agree more. And most like entrepreneurs, I remember reading Richard Branson's books and, and people like that, like say audience research is good take it with a pinch of salt but don't live by it within radio we live by it yeah we, I, we, they'll do audience research every six months I'm ranting now they'll do audience research every six months they'll be like don't say that do that it's like why oh because we sat 12 people in a room and they said that's what they mm. like and in that song though, as well I mean he's complaining about not being allowed to marry the daughter I mean if that guy came up to you <laughs> with his band and his crap fake reggae you wouldn't let him anywhere near your no, daughter. You your pride and joy. Like, sling your hook, mate. No way you're going to make... You're going to be coming around my house for the rest of my life and then you're going to say a moving speech at my funeral. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> no way you're marrying my daughter. No, that's fair enough. And I like the counterpoint as well. You're going to have, like, on one side of the island, a nice kind of jaunty but slow crap song and the other end of the island's going to be marching along to Amarillo it's just I'm putting both these on because it's just a recipe for absolute insanity I I know I feel like I want a drink just thinking about this island (laughs) (laughs) okay well we're coming to the end so soon you'll be free and you can stop thinking about it finally the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals which animal is it and why and I'm going to ask William this is the, this is the, the probably of all the things that I don't want on this island. It's this, and that would be rats or, or mice. To be fair, I mean, I, but but if I had to pick between mice and rats, it would be rats. I mean, if you don't like one version, you probably the bigger version is going to be a worse yeah. worse thing, isn't it? I mean, mm. he is terrified of them so much so that when his other half's away, he thinks I haven't clicked on. He invites me round for breakfast or for brunch and then he asks well that was in my old that was in the old flat (laughs) because because he's so scared of going into the bin area and seeing a rat so it's like usually when he's other half's away I get invited (laughs) round for tea and then I see a load of and because he's super clean he's an etiquette expert he thinks I haven't clicked on I have to go down and take his bin to him because he can't can I just say Jordan at the start of the series you know I moved yeah and uh, we now the bin store is literally it's 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 one bin uh, and it's in broad daylight it takes me a second to get there from the door and I'm fi- I have taken the bins out solidly for three months oh I'm very <laughs> proud of you but in my previous flat when it was a huge block of flats and there were many bins and it, they all overflowed it was a breeding ground for that sort of thing so uh, and I have I'm so obviously the, the, it's been actually lockdown's been lovely from this point of view because I haven't had to do the tube so I haven't seen any of my little friends uh, at any point. And if I do see one, I will scream and run away. Yeah. Even if it is miles <laughs> away from me. I remember years. Uh, Go on, sorry. Well, I, and then I imagine them in my dream. I've had to have therapy uh, about them because I, I t- on two occasions, well, on many occasions, I have dreamt that there is a mouse or a rat on my bed. Uh, but on two occasions, <laughs> I've put myself in hospital. Because I remember I that. Up. Yeah, I've fallen into the nightstand because I woke up screaming wow. and I fell backwards and, and slashed open half of my back. <laughs> I've uh, fallen on a in the corner of the coffee table because I ran out the bedroom, tripped over the stairs, went into the corner of the coffee table, dislodged half my face. I mean, I'm petrified of these things beyond most people. Most people go, oh, I don't like them. I, I can't do them. 
Yeah, I mean, I get a lot of yeah. sort of stories in this kind of section where people have had bad experiences with the animals, but I mean, that's, yeah, that, I mean, from a dream of them as well, that's extraordinary. Yeah, and I felt, ter- it was in Manchester at the time, and I, when, I, when I lived in Manchester, and I remember sitting in the, M- the MRI, the Manchester Royal Infirmary, on a bank holiday, so you can imagine what the MRI was like overnight uh, in Manchester. And, uh, and you know, they come round finally after five hours to deal with me, and they go, and, and you know, how, how did you do this? Pointing to my, my back and, and my face. And I had to rather embarrassingly say, um, it, it, was a, it was an imaginary rat. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, and, and they sort of looked at me and, and thought that maybe I should be in a different ward. <laughs> That's extraordinary! Wow, I mean, that's mm. I mean, that's yeah, proper no holds barred mm. phobia territory, isn't it? I mean, yes, wow. yes. Well, I can totally understand why you wouldn't want those on the island with you, uh, Jordan. No, thank you, <laughs> Jordan. What about you? I mean, mine's an obvious one, but I just I can't stand snakes. And I, if yeah, if I was in a house and knowing there was a snake there, like mm. people have pet snakes, I would leave. And if like William had to deal with the fact that you've seen rice and because you do see mice on the tube if there was snakes on the tube i wouldn't i wouldn't get on the tube i just i can't be near them I, I plus you'd have samuel l jackson dicks. running around going i'm supposed to be in this movie what's going on this is my sequel oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah snakes <laughs> on the plane I, i'm scared of flying as well so i'd also be like it's my biggest fear william knows so the <laughs> fact that we've crashed on an island and survived i'd be like told you we should never have got on a bloody plane mm. So I mean, William, from your point of view, they they are going to eat the rats, though. So I mean, that's quite useful. Yeah, for you, that's a point. Yeah, but then we'd have big fat snakes that would be bigger than us, and then they want to start eating us if they've got loads of rats. <laughs> Ugh, Christ. Yeah, but it's better than hungry snakes. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, that is fair. I mean, to be honest, I've I I like both animals. I have. Uh, you like rats. I, uh, me and my flatmates at uni once had two pet rats. Oh, and, um, oh. no, I'm, I'm done. I was anti the idea at first, but well, they look they look very different from the rat. You know, they're little black and white ones, so they're quite. I mean, if you don't like rats, you don't like rats. But I mean, they were much more um, attractive than the sort of normal rat you see on a sewer or, or you know the tube train or something. But um, yeah, I mean, they're very on a tube clever. train. Why do they get on the trains? No, I don't know. I just <laughs> I never travel by tube again. They don't. No. Calm, calm down. They don't. No, 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 no. I've never seen one on the actual train. Um, you know, and I quite like snakes as well, but I've got to say that if I saw either of them in the wild, I do jump a little bit. Like, they're, they're, I, don't, I don't want them out of context. Do you know what I mean? They're, they are... Yeah, anything wild in its own environment is... Especially, like, an urban environment, whereas a rat, you know, it's lived on the streets, it's tough. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to be scared of you. You know, it's had to fight for its livelihood. Fag hanging so. out of its mouth. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, asking you for money. But, um, yeah, I mean, William, I think on this one you've got to edge it, really, with your phobia there. It's it's terrible. Oh, no, no, but this is bad because this means you're going to put them on the island, is it not? Well, I mean, it's not supposed to be a pleasant place. (laughs) Honestly, when our producer asked us to do Desert Island Dicks, it was a totally different podcast in my head to what this has (laughs) turned out to be. Like Sean Mendes, Tom Holland, Zac Efron. (laughs) Jobs are good and... (laughs) <laughs> I'm very sorry to disappoint you, no, but I mean, fine. I mean, in terms of of uh, you know what you've put on the island and the purpose for this podcast, you've absolutely nailed the brief. I mean, you know, it's a really a really inhospitable environment. So, can I take um, Sean Mendes with me just to cope, so so I can get just to get me through it? <laughs> um, can he be on the plane when it goes down? 
as it were. Uh, if he happens to also be a PE teacher, how about that? Okay, that's a, well, he would be with his body. He probably could be a PE teacher. <laughs> okay, well, there's a loophole for you. Um, guys, thank you so much for coming on today. Now, obviously, um, you've got your podcast. Is that the best place that we can keep up to date with you guys? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, don't text Jordan, because as he t- posted a picture on Twitter yesterday, he has 74 unread WhatsApp messages, which is frankly a disgrace. Uh, and I'll be pulling <laughs> up on that on our next episode, I think. Uh, but yes, on uh, sexwithmyboss.com for all the information on the podcast. It's just basically us two. Um, we're the modern-day odd couple, I suppose, and people write in and they need modern-day advice on cats eating condoms and... Um, <laughs> how to cut an avocado and is it okay to use your ex's Netflix password that kind of thing so and it's a lot and we try and have a laugh along the way and we love doing it no it's very good it's very good I was shocked to find you've got a website I felt very underprepared like, oh god no, I need a website for this now oh, crap I haven't got that far but uh, no it's very good and I recommend it absolutely so uh, good but thank you again for coming on and uh, it's been a pleasure thank, thank you, you very, very much, much cheers guys taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com